You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Okay, good evening. We're at the end of the third chapter of Trumot. Let's just go back to our skeleton. So far this chapter, we've been talking about mistakes with Truma, mixtures, partners and agents, questions of speech. And we're going to focus again today at the end of the chapter on questions of speech and intention. And then we're going to close the chapter with a question of Truma given by foreigners. And we're going to learn that Truma, that, that the essential quality of Truma is that it's given in the land of Israel. And that anybody can give, give Truma from the land of Israel, whether they're Jewish or not. So we're going to end the chapter on universalistic theme before in the following chapter getting more into mistakes and complications. But let's have a look at the text because at the beginning the text is going to go off on a little bit of a technical segue. And we were learning at the end of the the um, at, at the in the sixth Mishnah, at the end of yesterday's session, we were learning about the sequence of the different kinds of offerings. Leon pointed out that we've got the corner, the pear, the gleaning, the leket, the forgotten sheaves, the shikhra, and then we've got truma, maser, rishon, truma, maser, which is the levi'im's 10% of the 10%, maser, sheni, which we eat in Jerusalem, and then maser, ani, the poor people's maser, in years three and six. That's the hierarchy which we talked about yesterday. And that was the subject of the sixth Mishnah in the chapter. And Mishnah 7 is going to go and expand out this idea. And it's going to ask, how do we know? Can we learn out of a, of a verse? Can we learn from a verse that Bikurim are in front of Truma? Truma. Because, and the, the Mishnah is going to throw a spanner in the works. He's playing on words, actually. Because the first one, the the Bikurim are called Truma and the first, and the Truma is also called Truma and first, and it wants to learn these out from verses which I brought to you in the source sheet, by the way. And you might just flick when you, if you have a minute after after later today or tomorrow, just flick down the source sheet because the verses are here, and the Mishnah knows a pasuk from Devarim that. Vahavetem Shama. Shama there means to Jerusalem. There's an instruction. You, I mean, you in the in the in the voice of Devarim, that means us. We have to bring our burnt offerings and our other sacrifices and our tithes and the truma, trumat yedchem, the truma of your hands. And the rabbis say, hang on, we know that truma doesn't have to be brought to Jerusalem. So this must be Bikurim. Okay, Bikurim are being called truma here. Bikurim are called Truma because we're bringing them to Jerusalem. But of course, Bikurim are also called Reshit. Reshit, Bikurei, and Matachat, Tavi, Beit, Hashem, Alakecha. That's a classic, classic source verse for Bikurim. So Bikurim can be called either Reshit first, or they can be called Truma. But the same applies to Truma, by the way. Look, in um, Bemidba 18, by the way, this is the Parsh of Korach, which we're going to read this Shabbat. Uh, one of my teachers used to say there's a special zuchut 
in learning uh, a pasuk in the Talmud that you're going to read in the following the following Shabbat, in that week, etc. This is all from chapter 18, the partial Korah. Mikol matnotichem tarimu et kol trumat Hashem. From all your gifts, you're going to take God's truma. So here's truma being called truma. But let's keep going. Oh, actually, no, let's go back just a few verses earlier. We're still in the Parsha of Korach. Kol chelev yitzar bechol chelev tirosh vegan reshitam. Their first parts. Asher, asher yitnu l'ashem l'cha n'tatim. And these are all the best. And these, the rabbis say, are also truma. So truma is um, yeah. So so truma is called truma, but truma we've actually got the word vidagan reshitam asher yitnu lashem. Truma is called truma in verse twenty nine, but in verse twelve it's called their first parts. Well it's translated here as the the choice parts, but it's their first parts, Reshit. So let's go back to the Mishnah. Let, let's just go back to the Mishnah. It's a technical Mishnah, but we want to understand it. How do we know that Bikurim are before Truma, seeing that both of them are called both Truma and both Truma and Reshit. They're both called Truma and they're both called the first. And we've got four verses, two for Truma and two for Bikurim, showing that Truma and Bikurim are both called Truma and first. And the Mishnah is going to answer, it's going to give a, there's a, an answer from Drush actually, which I've brought you in the Mechilta uh, just above. And have a look at the Mechilta of Rabbi Ishmael, if you have a chance on the source sheet. But the Mishnah is going to bring a, a different answer, which is based on logic. That first fruits are first fruits because they're chosen first, because you choose them out in the field before anything is harvested. You put a, uh, uh, um, you know, you can tie a ribbon round your first fruit and you can say, that's my first fruit. And truma comes before Maser Rishon because it's called Reshit. Well, we know that from the Pesukim. And Maser Rishon precedes Maser Sheni because. Maser um, Rishon, remember we're going to take 10% out of Maser Rishon. Maser Rishon is given to the Levi, and the Levi is going to take 10% out of it for the Kohen. And that is called Trumat Maser, which is Truma. And that is also Reshit. So that's why, the, because the, tr the, the, first, the first Maser includes um, Trumat Maser, uh, Maser Truma, that includes something called First. So the Mishnah is going to happily be able to conclude that the order is exactly as we had on the on, on the PowerPoint. Perhaps if the Mishnah had had the PowerPoint, it wouldn't have needed to go through these arguments, but it's gone through the arguments. Let's move on, because this is technical and there's more, there's stuff coming, which is more, in, perhaps less laid out in a less complex fashion, but which is more important in terms of principle. Someone intended to say truma, and he said maaser. Maybe he intended to say maaser, and he said truma. Or he intended to say, and we're going to expand this out. He intended to say ola, 
And he actually said shlomim. Or he intended shlomim and he said ula. In other words, his speech was not in line with his intention. And we learned very early on in the Masechet that in order to give truma, you have to have intention and knowledge and capacity. Someone who doesn't have mental capacity can't give truma. And we learned that you can give truma with intention or with words. But this missioner is coming to say that when you give truma, as in many other activities, and there's a, you know the missioner concludes with a neder, your, your words have no significance if they're not aligned to intention. And it's the same, you know, it could be the same in Kiddushin. If you say, uh, he, you, um, you are Mekadeshit to me on the basis that I'm going to give you a cup of wine and it turns out to be a cup of honey, the Kiddushin are invalid. The, or if you say you're going to be, um, you're going to make Kiddushin on the basis that I'm a rich person, I'm a poor person or vice versa, the intention has to be the same as the words. The words are not magic. The words are not magic. They represent an intention and a reality. And if they don't perform that intention and that reality, then they're not valid. The chapter then closes, interestingly, with truma given by someone who's not Jewish. Hanochri Kuti. The Nochri is the, just an ordinary Jew. Akuti is a Samaritan. It's actually someone who's, you know, we learned earlier in the... the um, we learned at the end of the previous uh, tractate, someone who eats, Rabbi, Aki, uh, Rabbi Eliezer says, someone who eats the bread of Kutim is like someone who eats pork. They're, they're people who've, you know, they're, they're Jews who've gone off the derech. They're much more objectionable to the rabbis than non-Jews. And yet, trumatan, truma, umasrotam, maaser. Their truma is truma, their maaser is maaser, their hektesh is hektesh. In other words, what they, you know, what they give is valid. And Rabbi, Rabbi Huda is going to go on to say that the law of the vineyard in the fourth year doesn't apply. The sages say it does. And then the sages go on to emphasize, Remember, we learned this, this verb to make something doubtful true. It's the root, Dalid Mem Ein. We learned this yesterday. The truma of a non-Jew makes something, makes produce into which it falls doubtful truma, maduma. And if one eats it by accident, one is liable for the, to pay it back with the extra fifth, just as if one ate any other temple produce. Um, Rabbi Shimon exempts it. But the sages bring you this halacha to let you know that the truma or the hektesh of a non-Jew or a Samaritan is really true. That's the bottom line. That's the conclusion of this chapter of the um, of the Masechet. And then tomorrow we get into a new chapter and more boundary cases. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>